What is the most important thing that you have forgotten? I wonder if you've remembered it yet. Some of us forget our keys occasionally. It's pretty hard to drive your car without them. Some have forgotten their anniversary. That's the fast track to the doghouse. Maybe some of the students among us have forgotten the combination to your locker at school, that rather embarrassing. Or maybe you have forgotten about that important test coming up, which could be rather painful. I read a funny story the other day about uh, a man from Great Britain who forgot something rather important. The article in the newspaper began with this sentence. It said, heartfelt commiseration to Dorothy Naylor of Plymouth, whose recent day trip to Bridgewater was spoiled when her husband Oliver left her at the fuel pump of a gas station and drove 17 miles before noticing that his wife was not in the car. I couldn't believe he'd gone without me, Mrs. Naylor told the Western Morning News. I usually sit in the back because I can move around more, but normally we talk to one another. The couple, both in their 70s, had pulled into the garage to change a tire. Mr. Naylor drove off and didn't notice his wife's absence until he had arrived in Bridgewater. After stopping in the town, he asked his wife, where do you want to get out? When she didn't answer, he turned around and discovered that he had left her behind. The paper added that the couple had been married for 40 years. There are some things that you just don't want to forget. You know, the Bible speaks a lot about forgetting and about remembering when it comes to God. Because you know how it goes. You know how easily in your own life you have the propensity to forget God. You get busy. You go about your life. You follow your priorities. You engage in your relationships. You press into your job or to your children. And days and weeks and maybe even months go by since you've given God a notice. And it's interesting as we think about the Scriptures, the Scriptures are applicable. All of the Scriptures are applicable to all of us. But the Bible addresses certain people at particular seasons as well. And today's text, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and chapter 12, address those who are young. And it tells those who are young, don't forget. It says things like, rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and remember also your creator in the days of your youth. And so this morning, we will all be encouraged and challenged in Ecclesiastes. But for those of you who are young, pay careful attention. Because the wisdom here will have particular relevance to you. And so with that, follow with me as I read Ecclesiastes chapter 11, starting at verse 7 through chapter 12, verse 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 7 says this. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. 
But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and of the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come, And the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent. And the grinders cease because they are few. And those who look through the windows are dimmed. And the doors on the street are shut. And when the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low, they are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. And the almond tree blossoms, and the grasshopper drags itself, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we have covered a wide variety of topics about life and about money and about pleasure and about priorities and very plainly about death. And all of these things fall under the category of wisdom. All of them are designed to help you live the most meaningful life that you can possibly live while you are here on earth. And here in this text, we see a few exhortations and commands, and then this poem, this striking poem at the end of, at, of this section in chapter 12 that helps us to feel something. It's designed to help us to feel a sense of urgency with regard to the enjoyment of life and the remembering of God. And it starts, the first exhortation starts in verses 7 and 8 of chapter 11, and it's just very simply this, rejoice in the good things of life. We've heard this before in Ecclesiastes. The section begins by saying, light is sweet, and it's pleasant for the eyes. Solomon is basically saying, Life is good, so enjoy the good things of life. Enjoy your life like you savor a good meal. Enjoy your life like you enjoy the sunlight during a day at the beach. Likewise, verse 8, we see two words that will be repeated again a few times 
throughout this passage. He says, rejoice and remember. It's good to have a long life, Solomon says. Enjoy the many, many years that you may be here on the earth. Long life is a blessing from God. Billy Joel had it wrong. It's not true that only the good die young. In fact, the psalmist says in Psalm 91.16, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation, says the Lord. And so for those of you today who are here and who are young, know that long life is a blessing from God. So strive for it. For those of you who are here who are advancing in age, (laughs) perhaps part of verse 8 and your experience rings true that there are many dark days throughout the course of life, and yet at the very same time rejoice with God that long life is indeed a blessing from Him because there is so much in life that is good. There's so much worth living for. And that leads to Solomon's command. In verse 9, he gives the command to rejoice in your youth. He says, rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things the Lord will bring you into judgment. If you're here and, or you're watching or listening and you're in high school or if you're in college or if you're even beyond those but you're still a young adult, then enjoy this season of life. Enjoy the fact that your responsibilities right now are relatively small. I know that they don't feel like that. I know that you feel probably busier than you might want to or that you have a job, a summer job you might not want to have or that the pressures of school or homework or tests or projects mount and they are great. But enjoy the fact that your responsibilities today are less than they will be. Enjoy the fact that right now, at this season of life, you have time to grow in relationships, in deep relationships with your friends. Enjoy the fact that you can do things with your body right now that you will not be able to do when you're older. Just listen to your dad when he gets up off the couch this afternoon. Solomon says to walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes when you're young. What does that mean? Well, that means that now is the time for you to explore, to have fun learning new things, to pursue some things that you want to try, some things that you want to do. Your young age provides you with opportunities that you will not have when you get older. I think sometimes in our culture today, we go through life and we prepare high school students and college students just to think about their days as all a precursor to their future. That you're only supposed to focus on what comes next without focus on what comes now. And as a result, all of your time, young people, should be spent in preparation for what comes next. And preparation for the future is good. And preparation for future is wise. But wisdom also says 
to not let these days go by without enjoyment as well. Now at this point, many of the parents are squirming. And I'm sure some of the students are thinking about all the fun things they're going to do in the last week before school starts. But before we get too far, we need to look at the second half of the verse, which says, But know that for all of these things, God will bring you into judgment. God wants your young years to be enjoyable for you. But this doesn't mean that you don't have responsibility. It doesn't mean that you can simply do whatever you want without consequences. We live in a time today where that is the message. Do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. That's what constitutes true enjoyment. There are practical consequences, however, and they're obvious. If you break the law, you go to jail. If you live in an ungodly relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, then you have relational baggage and consequences down the road, and the list goes on and on and on. But beyond that, more than that, more importantly than that, we know that the Lord sees all. He wants you to have fun and to enjoy. But you also, if you're a follower of his, have a responsibility to him. He judges our deeds. And young people, he will judge your deeds. They are not simply excused under the category of youthful passions or youthful ignorance. It's a sharp corrective in some ways. But it's a corrective that's not meant to temper your enjoyment. It's not meant to rain on the parade of your youthful years. It's a corrective that's meant to help you direct your enjoyment in the right types of ways. Verse 10 says that Youth and the dawn of life are a vanity. It's a vanity because you can't ultimately find your meaning in your age or your station in life. It's like a fleeting vapor, a vanity, something that escapes because no matter how hard you try to stay young or no matter how hard you try to look young, <laughs> you will get older. Nobody stays young forever. And so enjoy the life that God gives, recognizing him before it's too late. When we move into the first part of chapter 12, we see the next command. Consider it with me. He says to remember your creator we come back to the idea of remembering. Throughout the Bible, we see that there's command after command not to forget what God has done miraculously for people, how he's delivered them and saved them, and not to forget the commands that the Lord has given them. When 
Old Testament Israel forgot, they fell into sin. (laughs) When they forgot, they fell into idol worship. When they forgot, they began to look like the cultures around them. But here he says in verse 1, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say I have no pleasure in them. To remember God is not simply to acknowledge God with your head. It's not simply to put God into the category of memories. To remember God is to acknowledge God in all of your ways, in all of your choices, in, in an ongoing fashion. And notice how he commands them, the young particularly, to remember their creator. He doesn't just say remember God, he says remember your creator. To recognize that God is the creator is to say that all of the things that I have here in this life to enjoy, with the sight of my eyes and the passions of my heart, all of these things were actually given from the one who creates. They come from him. And so don't use them against him. And this is where enjoying life and having a long life begin to come together. God gives many good gifts to young people. And when you do things in God's way, you will have a greater, a truer, a deeper fulfillment and enjoyment in them. Two examples of this are seen in Proverbs and in in Deuteronomy. Proverbs chapter 3 is another book of wisdom. It says in verses 1 and 2, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. When you do things God's way, generally you have a longer life and more peace. (laughs) Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40. Therefore you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time. When you do things God's ways, generally it goes well for you. <laughs> doesn't mean there won't be dark days, as he mentions. But your life generally is prolonged. And so I want to pause for a second and just acknowledge a common reality between young people, high schoolers, college students, young adults, and their parents. Students, for many years, many of you have felt like your parents were stifling your enjoyment in life. You hear a passage like this and you think to yourself, Mom, I knew that you had it all wrong this whole time. They put rules on you. There's rewards and consequences according to those rules. But here is the reality of the situation. That even though the relationship may have felt adversarial at times, your parents, young people, ultimately want the same thing you want. (laughs) Even when it doesn't feel like it. 
You want freedom to do what you want to do and to enjoy your life. They want you to have freedom to do what you want to do and enjoy your life. They haven't been working against your freedom for all of these years. They've actually been preparing you for the type of freedom to enjoy your life as you choose. No parent, no parent wants their 30-year-old living in the basement, robbed of fun, robbed of joy, robbed of meaningful function. They want you to be free to enjoy your life as God has given it. But here's the thing. You weren't ready yet. You weren't ready when you were younger. You weren't able to make the types of choices that both have your enjoyment in mind while remembering your creator at the same time. And so they've been helping you to get there. And the rubber meets the road when you go away to college or when you move out of your house for your first job or when you go away into the military service. How will you live in this freedom that God gives? Solomon says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember him before it's too late. You might feel like you have all the time in the world to sort out this thing with God. To eventually get your life together. But it gets harder the longer you wait. And at one point it actually becomes impossible. So remember God in your dating relationships. Do things God's way. Treat one another with respect. Save yourself sexually for marriage and you will have greater joy and pleasure in your relationship with that person and throughout the course of your life than if you went your own way remember god he says to young people in how you seek pleasure and entertainment in your free time remember god in what you direct your efforts to during the days that you have Jesus speaks of the new life that we have through faith in Christ as, as in terms of abiding in him. It's a lot like remembering your creator. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me or remains in me or remembers me, we might say, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now listen, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, when you remember your creator in the midst of your pleasures, your joy actually becomes it actually becomes heightened there's something there that wouldn't otherwise be there and so Solomon says enjoy the life that God gives you recognizing him before it's too late and he gives three befores 
to help us understand the urgency of this, the before it's too late dynamic. Three befores. The first one, verse one, before the evil days come. If you aren't acknowledging God now, it's even harder when everyone around you are doing things that constitute the evil days. It's almost impossible. It's harder to acknowledge God then. You typically blend into the fabric of the crowd. And so while you're young, with no delay, set the pattern of your life going forward. He says in verse 1, Remember your Creator before your body begins to fail. And here, we see one of the most memorable poems in the Bible. As I read it a few moments ago, I, I know that many of you were thinking to yourself, I don't know what any of this means. The keepers of the house and the grinders and the sound of the bird and the songs of the daughters of song. What do these things mean? Well, this is a poem. It's filled with the imagery of a house. And it points to the failing human body that is so common to all of us. Look at it with me in verse 3. He says, remember your creator before the day when the keepers of the house tremble. In the ancient world, one protected or kept his home through strength and skill. However, as we age, our strength begins to fail. The keepers are his hands. And as he ages, they begin to tremble. His capacity to protect his home is now diminished. He says in verse 3, Before the strong men are bent, he once stood tall and the strong men carried him from place to place wherever he went. But now these strong men, his legs, are bent and he becomes bow-legged. Verse 3, before the grinders cease because they are few. The grinders grind throughout life, every day giving nourishment to the body. They are his teeth, his molars. And even today, some who are advanced in age begin to lose their teeth. How much more so in the ancient world before dental care? In verse 3, before those who look through the windows are dimmed. The eyes are the windows to the world, and the light is beginning to fade as eyesight fails. The word picture is striking. Solomon is now pointing to a man who is advancing in years, who's moving from his middle age toward his death. And there are all of these physical markers along the way. He continues in verse 4. The doors on the street are shut. When the doors on the street are open, you can hear the hustle and the bustle of people going about their business. But when the doors are closed, there is only a soft murmur. He's losing his hearing. Verse 4, when the sound of the grinding is low. We've always said that the grinders are his teeth, but now the teeth that he has left are getting even less use. 
He can't eat the big meals that he used to eat. His appetite is fading. And when one rises up at the sounds of a bird and all the daughters of songs are brought low, deep and long sleep is the benefit of being young. (laughs) The older you get, the harder it is to sleep. I have no idea why that is the case. But even the sound of a bird in the morning will wake an old man up, and he will be up for the rest of the day. And the aging voice loses some of its control. It loses some of its pitch. It might become raspy. The daughters of songs can no longer sing. Verse 5, they are afraid of what is high and terrors are in the way. Climbing the stairs to enjoy the cool of the evening poses a risk now for the old man of falling down to his death. And navigating the roadways with all of the ruts and with passing carts and animals all pose the possibility of falling to serious injury. The older you get, the better it is to just stay home (laughs) because the risks are limited. The almond trees blossoms. Almond trees are beautiful, bright white in their blossom. And when you look at them from a distance, it looks like a shining human head. (laughs) The man's hair is now bright white. And the grasshopper drags itself along, once fast and agile like a grasshopper, but now with age he moves slowly from place to place. You can see the facts of life here. Many of you are experiencing them. Others of you are observing them. When you're young, you rarely even think about them, but they're coming. As you get older, your body degrades. I'm in my 40s and I can't physically do the things that I could do when I was in my 20s. And when you're 80s, in your 80s, you can't do the things you could do when you were in your 40s. That does not mean that you wish to go back and do it all over again. But man, you wish that you would have enjoyed more of what you had when you had it. So enjoy your youth. Young people, you have a great opportunity to give yourself to following God right now. Right now is the time to set the pattern of your life and your enjoyment for that life. Don't wait until you get old, Solomon says, and you lose the ability or you lose the desire to follow him, to do something great for him, to experience some of the wonderful things that he has in this life. Enjoy the life that God gives recognizing him before it's too late. The last before that he gives is speaking of the finality of death. God gives a lot of chances while we're alive. 
Many of you are recipients of his grace in this way. I am a recipient of his grace in this way. Chance after chance after chance, and I've needed them, and so have you. But there are no more chances when death arrives. So remember God now before you die. He says in verse 6, before the silver cord is snapped and the golden bowl is broken, or before the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern, and dust returns to the earth as it was, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. The silver cord holds the lantern, which gives light to the room. When it snaps, the golden bowl, which holds the oil for that lantern, falls to the ground and breaks. And the wick burns out. The pitcher and the wheel provide life-giving water to those who drink of it. When they are shattered, life ceases. And when that happens, your body returns to dust. As God said from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, you are dust and to dust you shall return. And so what does that mean for right now? (laughs) It means enjoy the life that God gives, recognizing Him before it's too late. If you're young, recognize Him. Set the pattern of your life starting right now. If you're old, recognize Him. It's not yet too late. The cord has not snapped. And the Lord will still allow much joy through him and in your faith in his son, Jesus. Some people, some people live well. And some people don't. You want to know what the difference is? Some people die well. And some people don't. Do you know what the difference is? They enjoy the life that God gives, recognizing Him before it's too late. Phil Penner was a friend of mine in college. He was a kid from Kansas. And a man, oh man, did he love life. He was a prankster, and he always loved a good laugh. He was a fantastic tennis player. And we battled it out on the courts. He fell in love. He got married. He had a daughter. He moved to Indonesia to share the gospel of Jesus with people there who didn't know him. He loved them, and they loved him. And then one day, he was bit by a bug. About that big. Developed dengue fever. And within two days, went to cardiac arrest and died. He was 29 years old. He loved life and recognized God before it was too late, which meant he lived well (laughs) and he died well. Bob McLean was a member of this church and he had the nickname among our staff as the most interesting man in the world. He had a long and successful career as a def- in a defense contractor, but for fun, he did everything that all of the rest of us wanted to do, but could never figure out how to do it. He raced cars, 
He went skiing out of helicopters. And if it included skill and produced adrenaline, he probably tried it at some time. He made plenty of mistakes in his life, but in his middle age, he came back to the Lord. He enjoyed the life that God gave him, and he recognized him before it was too late. He died just a short time ago in his late 70s. He lived well, (laughs) and he died well. You never know when the silver cord is going to break or when the golden bowl will be shattered. But live well and die well, remembering the Lord in all you do before it's too late. Let's pray together. Father, it is both encouraging and sobering to hear of the enjoyment of life that you want us to have and the reality of aging and even of death. But all in all of these things is wisdom. And so I pray right now, God, that you would help us to enjoy our life to the maximum while remembering you For those here with us today who are younger, God, I would pray that you would give them incredible opportunities to enjoy themselves during this season of life and to set the pattern for their life going forward of recognizing you in all of their ways, that they may experience true and lasting joy in their enjoyment. We ask for these things together in Jesus' name. Amen.